a nice jumper. Green smoothies that don't taste like sludge and edging ever closer to autumn. There are a million things I'm thankful for today, but what is my guest thankful for? It's like when I had an eating disorder to now, like I actually was a different person. It's like something had control over my thoughts and actions that wasn't me. But really when I went and got help, I actually turned back into the person who I was as a teenager, like someone who actually just like loved a bit of craft. I'm Angela Scanlon and welcome to Thanks A Million, where we explore our guests' personal gratitude list to find out the things that have shaped their lives. This week's guest is Roz Purcell, best-selling cookery author and founder of Natural Born Feeder and The Hike Life. With over 500,000 followers on Instagram, she shares hikes, recipes, travel and insta-imperfect body shots, something which is particularly refreshing and something of a relief from a former model. Roz previously developed a very negative relationship with food but has since changed her lifestyle by rediscovering a love of cooking. And I think it's fair to say a very wholesome lifestyle. A fellow Irish girl, she previously won Miss Universe in Ireland when she was just 19 years representing our glorious country at Miss Universe in Vegas and coming in seventh, a certain Mr. Donald J. Trump even took a shine to her. I'll just leave that one there for you. She is an angel sent from above and she is now passionate, extremely passionate in fact, about helping us all to live healthier lives. Before we get on to Roz, a couple of your Thanks A Million trios. This one's from Chrissy Muldoon, a co-worker willing to swap shifts with me so I can have a full day off. Jesus knows a full day off is the only kind of day off we should be having. A lovely husband who opens his arms wide and tells me he loves me just because he wants to. And trying new recipes for dinner on a whim and having my mind effing blown. Rosie Hay Ceramics. Love her pottery, FYI. Check them out on Instagram if you don't already. Getting back to making pots on my pottery wheel after a month of dealing with COVID. Bless you. Copious amounts of lion's tea, controversial. And giving myself the kick up the arse to get back to my fitness classes from this week on. Send a bit of that motivation to me, will you? Finally, Fiona Gordon. We overnight camp with hubs. 19-year-old and 17-year-old, meaning time spent away from life, walking on beaches. Joy. Seeing our 88 and 87-year-old auntie and uncle for the first time since December 19th made me so, so happy. And the new sofa I just bought, I cannot wait to sit on it. I hope you enjoy that new sofa, christen it and all that. Mm-mm. Anywho, onwards we go to Roz Purcell. We talk all around, really, modelling and eating disorders, hearing her followers' secrets, they are absolute filth by the way sex education and misconceptions dogs obviously she's a big fan things that keep her grounded baking and upcycling clothes if you're interested and being an entrepreneur excellent advice incoming so you know liven up and get a notepad Ross Purcell, hello and hello. good morning. <laughs> good morning, Angela. Good morning. You're looking fresh as usual. Yeah, you know Skin what? of an angel. I feel fresh. For the first time in a long year, I'm feeling fresh. I, I got down to the country for the first time in seven months to see my family this no. morning. So I think it's that kind of, you know, that like I'm outside Dublin 
I'm not in my normal yeah. day routine, coming to life again. Yeah. So do you get that thing? So my dad's from Mayo and I remember my mom saying when he was like in the thick of working that, and we lived, lived in Mead, but she used to say that when he would like cross the border into Mayo, that he would just, she'd see his shoulders drop. Everything would start to slow down. Do you have this kind of sense of, oh, I can smell tip now and you suddenly exhale? Well, you know what? I think it's that thing where I live, I live in a spot in Tipperary where there's still not Wi-Fi. We're in 2021 and, you know, I, people always talk about, you know, we grew up in the era of Facebook and Bebo. I'm like, I grew up in the era of nothing. We still, we, like, if my parents want internet, they still have to like, like go to the top of the avenue to send a text so I love so, that I'm sorry how old are you because some <laughs> listeners will be like I didn't have the internet either but you're 15 <laughs> yeah so I'm 30 and, yeah um, so you should have a bit yeah, of wi-fi should have like. had a bit should have a bit of wi-fi by now so um you know I have to go to my sister's house right now down the country and sit in one particular room on the corner to get a bit of wi-fi That's so it is so nice I guess for me I'm like I know I can fully relax but yeah. I have a dog called Willie, um, which isn't a very graceful name so at, at times. Will it? Um, and as soon as we cross the border to Bray from Kilkenny, he starts, I mean, crying. He obviously gets a little sniff of tip. And honestly, Aww. and it's a good 30 minutes from when we pass the border to my house. And it's just, you need to turn up the music, you need to tone him out a bit because he'll just cry the whole way. He gets so excited. Yeah. No way. And he loves it. Oh, he loves it. Like, so how does he know you've crossed the border? Um, you tell him. We're in tip, lads. <laughs> no, I, you know what? We actually don't mention anything. So we're like, if we mention Willie, we're in tip. It's like, it really sets him off. So I don't know. Maybe there's a scent of manure. Maybe there's okay, a scent of yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he just loses the plot and he just loves it down here. Sure, he has like, my family, we've like, they have like six dogs down here. So when he gets down, he yeah. just gets to play with the cousins, you know? Okay. Also, and I and I like this kind of. Maybe it's not a new thing, but it certainly seems like a a new um a new area. You as like mother of mother of dogs. Yeah. Well, you know what? I guess this... it's one of those things. Like, if you'd known me growing up, like I always always like I was like the singing bird lady with the loads of animals following me. I grew up on a farm, so you know I was always like my parents would say like I'd always feed stray cats and eventually I'd have like okay. five cats and you know I always had a dog my yeah. my dog's my best friend growing up um we had cows we had horses so I'm always very comfortable around animals and I kind of feel like you know I can't relax until I know that say I see that there's a dog in trouble for example I need to yeah. I need to like try sort that dog out so I do try to use my platform to like help smaller sanctuaries and stuff find homes or yeah. things like that so um did you rescue some greyhounds this morning? Well, I didn't rescue them. So basically, no. um, this really small rescue shelter down in Tipperary, where I'm from, put up a post saying that they needed to transport four greyhound puppies from Dublin to Tipperary at 8am the next morning or else they were going to be sent to basically the pound. And oh, God. and I saw this at like 10pm at night and I was like, I will not be able to sleep until I find them a lift to tip so yeah. um find, now i have now just to put in case people are like why didn't you just do it i've actually have a broken foot at the moment so my right foot is yeah. broken so i actually can't drive i also don't have a big car and i have two dogs who hate greyhounds like particularly greyhounds so we, i wouldn't have had room and i can't even drive so basically i just put up on my social media i was like listen anyone who's going to collect these dogs i'll give a 500 or reward so we got someone to drop them down this morning 
all done. They sent me, they sent me little videos of all the, the four big dogs in the back on the way to Tip. And, and were they going to Tipperary anywhere? Or did no. you just say, do you know what? I'm going to take the day no. out. And it was just two young no. girls. They were like, you know what? We have a big Jeep. We're, we're going to do it. And like no good deed goes unturned. So I kind of love being able to use my platform. And like I am very privileged that... I, I do make a good income that I'm like, you know, if I can sort of do that. Sort of do they take the out. cash? Uh, yeah, but like, you know, yeah. I, but also I think the dog did a few poos in their car, so it, and it was oh, valet. Fair <laughs> that might just cover now <laughs> a good valet. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. No, it was lovely. I saw it this morning. I was like, come on. You can kind of sense people rooting for the greyhounds. Yeah. yeah, so well done. That amongst other things, which I'm sure we'll hit on. So, Roz, today, what are you thankful for? Well, I'm really thankful for my boyfriend, Zach, um, because, as I said, I have a broken foot and I haven't been able to... Mm. And I broke my foot the day before restrictions lifted in Ireland. And oh. I haven't been able to come down and see my family for about six, seven months so even though he has to announce a show later and has loads of work on, he literally just dropped me down and tip and has gone back up to Dublin just like so spend some time with my family. So um, yeah, I definitely need to give him a shout out. And for the fact I've been a big moany hole for the past four weeks with a broken leg and he's been bringing me cups of tea and do you know what I mean? Like I've had to do nothing. So um, he's definitely made having a broken foot not too bad. So bearable Bearable. so what happened because obviously you're anyone who follows you on social knows you um will know that you're extremely active and so I imagine breaking a foot in quite not like a very hardcore way either or there's a number of breaks was there or it was quite an unclean break yeah so like just to put things into perspective I rock climb I mountain bike I'd be like you know if someone's like jump off that cliff I'd be like cool let's do it I tripped yeah. over my lace. <laughs> I mean, it's an absolute egg. stinker of a story, isn't yeah. it? You're like, you want to be, you know I mean? have like, fallen 40 foot. Yeah, you know, I was like, I could have done this in a cool way and accepted it, but I yeah. literally chipped, tripped over my lace playing tennis, which I also feel like a bit of a, I don't know, upper class <laughs> playing game of yeah. tennis. But, <laughs> it's um, not on brand, is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually do love tennis. So I grew up playing tennis, but uh, it was a, my fibula. And yeah, it broke diagonally Ouch. in kind of pieces. So it wasn't an easy break. But saying that, you know what? I thought I'd be much worse. I thought I would be miserable. Like I've never had a point in my life where training's been taken away from me. And I, I was, wasn't sure how I would cope because I suppose I do rely on it quite a lot for my headspace. Um, yeah. And look, I'm not saying training is anyway like therapy, but it's therapeutic in a way in that like it gives me space to step away from work and do something. I actually am one of those sadistic people who enjoy training. Um, you love it, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I do. I get a buzz. You know that yeah. buzz after training, you just feel alive. You feel great. And like I've always mm-hmm. played sports. So um, I've never had it actually taken away from me where I really could not do it. And I was also very worried, obviously, from coming in background with disordered eating, like um and obviously I've healed my relationship with food and with overtraining but I've never been in a position where I've really had to put things into work to see was I fully over it so definitely the last four weeks have been a challenge but it's definitely showed me how far I've come that like I didn't have the thoughts of like I'm not moving now I need to cut down my calories or or not yeah like or like have any guilt about not training I was like cool I get to really just have a relaxing four weeks you know not great that I'm stuck in my house again but you know 
it made me realise I've actually come a very far away. Yeah. And was lockdown then a good preparation for that? Because I imagine, again, you were out and about so much and then suddenly we're kind of all a bit more used to being contained. So even the idea of not being as mobile, you know, training aside, but there was almost a little bit of preparation for being grounded. Yeah, you know what? I guess lockdown has really, I suppose, it's definitely taught me to kind of just sit with yourself a little bit more, like find more things to do at home. There's plenty of things to do in your area. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it was a real stinker that happened the day before lockdown lifted because I had been so excited for months, like most Irish people, to get out, get hiking and, and, and drive somewhere. So I was like, really and you know one of the worst parts was like the government brought it forward so when I broke my leg I was like look you know what it's one of those things where you know the probably it's probably a good time if you're going to break your leg because by the time this is healed restrictions will just be lifting Mm -hmm. and then it was the next day it was like government leaking a lifting next week I was like you pricks (laughs) you've been promising me this all year and you do you do me in like this you know what I mean I felt like I felt like DMing Simon Harris being like what's the story yeah yeah I mean I think he's more of a TikTok man isn't he yeah, no, he is. Yeah, he definitely is. Yeah, maybe I, I would have had to do another TikTok. Which but, I um, find yeah, so just... bizarre, but that's a whole other conversation. I'm like, yeah. okay, I, do, I, I don't really understand it, but that's, you know, everyone, each to their own. Not TikTok yeah. generally, but like a TD on TikTok. I'm just, um, yeah, it's an interesting one to me. Um, also, I have to say, though, fair play to him. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like if you're in that political landscape and you want to engage with the younger audience, yeah takes guts to get on TikTok TikTok is scary I'm afraid to pass young teenagers on the street yeah. you know, they're intimidating <laughs> so going onto their platform it's scary yeah yeah you know? and also going onto their platform with like pretty dry public service announcements not a fucking <laughs> floss you know you're like oh babe no this is not the place for you it's like Nana has arrived you know and I feel that and I wouldn't be necessarily giving public service announcements so yeah I feel like it does take balls of some sort <laughs> yeah definitely yeah I feel like on TikTok I've just taken on the role as in like look I'm much older than you so I'm just going to give you older sister advice right that's really all I'm here for yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah because like I'm not going to tr- even try to relate to you yeah. at this age where I'm not cool I understand that 30 yeah, yeah. is an old yeah. woman in your mind yeah um, but yeah. I think when I was 18 and someone would be turning 30 I'd be like they're so old so old I know, and now I'm like, wow, I'm so young. Yeah. I'm not ready for for adulthood still. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah it's funny Time flies. how that shifts. Also, I do love, and I've recently become slightly disturbed, uh, but also somewhat addicted to your, I'm calling it a confessional, on um, yeah. your Instagram story. So you put out a Q&A where you're like, tell me, a, is it like a secret? Tell me a secret? Yeah. Oh, so Ross. it's basically put out a, Q, a Q&A box and it's like, tell me your secret. It's anonymous and non-judgmental because... <laughs> I was judging, <laughs> you know? okay. I'm just going to put it out there. Some of them I was judging. Yeah. Oh. You know what? Like yesterday I got one and it was just like, I had cameo sex with my cousin. That's the She's one married. that I... That sticks in my head. I was like, oh. And people... People were met me going, what's cam sex? And I was like, the point is they're cousins. The, po- <laughs> the point yeah, is exactly. she's married. Like the cam sex is like the least of our, <laughs> our least of our thought process here. But you know what? It also makes me realize I'm vanilla. Not oh even vanilla. God. I'm vanilla light. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I just, every part of my life is just vanilla. Yeah. I yeah. kind of thought, oh my God, I'm so sheltered. I'm such a prude. I'm so innocent. I was reading these going, people are like, yeah, it just bonkers stuff, but also what a lovely release. 
literally in, oh, in I know. some cases. Because the thing about it is they are totally anonymous and people are always like to me, do you ever click onto profiles? I have this like, I, I definitely put this boundary where I'm just like, I just look at that as like, it's an anonymous okay. pop it up. I'll never go in any further because I think, you know what? It is for people like a release. They can get something yeah. off their chest. Now, I probably don't share about 10% of them. They're that bad. Really? <laughs> like that, like, like what? I'm What's just like, the worst? What's the worst? For example, there was one that was like, I was texting on my phone and crashed into a wall. My husband to this day thinks I swerved to save a cat. But like, you know, you know, when you're like, and obviously she was like, she was like, no one was hurt, but the car was rode off. But, you know, at the same time, I'm like, oh, you know, like that is illegal. I don't want someone being yeah. like, we need the name that's of that person. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Do you know, because that's not probably like, that's not funny, do you know? So yeah. I am conscious that, you know, there, there's a, 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 line, a line as well. Yeah, but like for people, especially yourself, if you love this, there's a podcast called Mr. Apology. Okay. And it's basically like this artist in the 1970s, 80s in New York who set up this apology line for people to ring in and call about their confessions. But he got loads of mafia and loads of murderers and stuff. And it is crazy. So I'm hoping mine never gets that far because I'll be like, oh, I don't like that Murphy they're following me. That could potentially kill Oh me. yeah, okay. So, like quite hardcore yeah. dark people that have So I feel like mine are just like the odds, you know, like me and my neighbour have been hooking up for five years. It's just a thrill. And I'm like, Wow. Yeah. And also there's kind of those like slightly, you know, I've like there was one a while back that was my, I've just found out I'm pregnant with my boyfriend's brother or something like that. Did I make that up? Yeah. But it was like, there's, how do you wh- yeah. where do you where does that go? I've noticed there's a lot of like, you know, I was dating this girl and I ended up getting with her mom yes. or I was dating this guy and ended up getting with her brother. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> you know, I'm just like I, I just feel so boring yeah. in my life choices. No, seriously. Anyway, it makes you yeah. feel g- good. Apparently, that's why um, why Love Island does so well. They did research and they were like, why is this suddenly, you know, so popular with people? And mm. when they got a little deeper into the reasons why people love Island or love Love Island, it was that they kind of, you know, subconsciously or otherwise were going, I'm a better human than these people. They, their own judgment was like, yeah. I'm, you know, more moral or more intellectual or whatever it might have been. And they were like, I'm going to watch this because it makes me feel good about my life choices, which is interesting. Except Maura Higgins. I was like, I want to be I her. No. She's a le- I want to be her best friend. Yeah, yeah, I was like, you know what? A woman who's first time on TV who's that sex positive yeah, in yeah. like about female pleasure mm-hmm. and like so open that it was just like very I think refreshing yeah. wasn't it yeah. do you know I was like fair play to her and I feel like a lot of Irish people were like fair play you know like she just I think wiped away any shame that was around it yeah yeah or that idea that as women your pleasure is a secondary thing you know, yeah. completely secondary. We did all grow up in going to like Irish Catholic schools. Exactly. Where, like, you know, you got pregnant from sitting on the wrong toilet seat, so you better be careful. Do not come home with a bun in the oven, like basically. Yeah. That kind of fear yeah. that surrounded sex of any mm. description or any kind of sexual interactions and that idea that um, you were, I mean, I know I'm going to use this term, which is so awful, but it was like used goods as if they, you were kind of supposed to be oh. saved for this one person. I was like, what year is it? bonkers oh i remember um in school like we i had a total similar experience we had this like random woman who came in and gave us sex ed Mm. who just was like a nun nun. yeah Yeah, the usual but in in the class above us and a few people actually sent this into me was they hand were hand around a piece of sticky tape and by the time got to the last person they were like 
this if you have too many sexual partners <gasps> you don't stick anymore um now look and i'm what very mean? aware you don't stick anymore as in nobody wants to hang around for long yeah and like i'm sure because i've gotten so many messages of teachers that the sexual education has completely Changed, like yeah. you know gotten so much better but you know just to reference like in my experience like growing up with that I suppose sexual education it didn't help anyone it definitely made you very fearful of it and yeah. also made you probably hide it or not talk to your parents about it or use or not understand proper contra- contraception and so f- carry around shame that you were this used bit of sellotape oh my like God. it's grim I know you know, at, yeah, at a really. time when even that, you know, exploring yourself, exploring, um, you know, your sexual identity, sex is in itself quite a daunting thing at that point. And then to be shrouded in shame is a whole other layer, isn't it? Yeah. And then I just yeah. think the general secondary school rumours were just yeah, yeah. gas. Like, do you know what I mean? The girl who got pregnant from getting fingered yeah. or whatever. You're like, oh no. That's no, not no, no. technically possible. <laughs> yeah, but like when you're 16, you're like, oh my God. I know. And then as you get older and you're like, oh, hang on. I need to be ovulating at a certain point. I need a pillow under listen, my... Like, there's like such listen, a situation. When I, was, when I was 16, I had to go get the morning after pill because I got fingered oh. and I had heard the story of a girl <laughs> and this was like back in the day when you had to go into the hospital to get it oh. and sit down with a doctor and explain it and they all 100% thought I was lying I was like I think he might have touched his willy before and like the worst part about this whole story is still yet to come like I was so freaked about it the day before that I was at my best friend's house and I I was like, oh my God, because I obviously have no internet at my home. So we were at a house. I was like, we need to Google it. So she Googled, can you get pregnant from getting fingered? And her parents saw the search history. And they're doctors. And I was banned from coming to the house. They also probably thought I was really stupid. God. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, well, lucky escape, Roz. I know. <laughs> Listen, you know. Yeah. Oh, that is brilliant. So, Roz, the thank fuck for this. So this is the thing that you'd be lost without. It's a living thing. Uh, I'd have to say my dogs. Um, it's, oh. it's How many do you have? I have two dogs, uh, two okay. little rescues. One is kind of like a Jack Russell Chihuahua and the other one is like some sort of Jack Russell Collie Husky mix. Um, and you know what? Like, I know I'm very kind of like when you meet me very bubbly but I'm also quite yeah. an introvert and I do spend a lot of my time at home with my dogs so I work from home chatting to them like I would actually be lost without them because it does give you such a sense of like purpose to get up leave them out bring them for a walk um yeah and you know they don't talk back either so it's great <laughs> <laughs> so you can rant at them yeah yeah whatever you want rant and like they always agree they always agree with me <laughs> oh and so Willie and what's the other one's name Myla Myla, cute name. Yeah. And do they get along together? Because Willie was the first one in the door, right? Yeah. And just, just his real name is Wilco, just for anyone who's oh, just yes. like, she named her dog Willie. His name yeah. is Wilco, which has migrated to Willie. Now it's Willie Eilish, sometimes Wilbert. <laughs> Wilbert, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take Wilbert. So was he a little disgruntled when Myla came along? He was pissed. He was like, who is this bitch coming in? 
like and Literally. that being and it, we were from the very start we got a dog trainer when they we both introduced them because we wanted to make sure we were doing everything right that we're giving them an equal amount of attention and that yeah. we were making sure we were introducing them right we're in like shoving them together it took about four months um until they actually started playing and being friends now they definitely before four months it was fine they just coexisted but he didn't love being around her she was very like puppy biting him and wanting to be around him and he's an old man like he was just like please please leave me alone (sighs) but now now they'd be running around the house chasing each other they like jump into bed together kiss each other like they're best friends you know so it all worked out um so i think with any new dogs putting them together though it does take a a little bit of kind of time before Mm. you know the old one will warm up well, it's like siblings, isn't it? And it's slightly, I don't have dog. We have a dog at home. And my husband has a dog and is like super into dogs. But we don't have one here. And when I hear friends like with dogs introducing new dogs into the phone, it's like the preparation that... I also hear when like a sibling is being introduced. So, you know, you have your kid and then you're bringing in another into the phone and you're like, well, we, you know, got her to bring a present. Yeah. So the present came from the baby and that kind of softened her up. And it's like similar psychology oh, around yeah. like animals, we which had maybe to, is not surprising. We had to get them to meet in a neutral ground that wasn't our house. And like she brought him a present and we took them <laughs> off the lead so they could like in their own time come together. And like the first day they were great. We're like, oh, then as soon as he came to the house, Wilco was just like, get away from all my things. What are you doing in my gap? <laughs> yeah. But like, he wasn't, he wasn't like grumpy, but he was definitely like, I don't know about this. I like being the only dog. Where now he loves it. Like, she's so fluffy and the big. Company. She's like his protector. So it's great. Yeah, cute. Yeah. And was it, do they go hiking with you? Oh, all the time. Like, you know, they're yeah. super fit. And now she's not that agile. Like, she'd be, like, tumbling and falling over and things. But, um, oh, yeah. No, little short legs. They're great, yeah. And you know what? It really... Um, I've done a lot of training with them as well. So they've really got call back. And it's great for me because, yeah. I guess, they get wrecked from being hiking. So when they come home, they just want to sleep. So um, they're yeah. not trying to, like, trip me over or anything, you know? <laughs> oh, no, honestly, Luckily. like, with the broken leg, I'm like, how have I not had one before? Because, like, they walk between my legs. And, like, when oh, you put tan no. on, they just want to lick you. Do you know what I mean? Just, Do they? I, I saw somebody on Instagram the other day um, who had just put tan on overnight and she was co-sleeping with a pretty brand new baby. And she said she woke up and was like, what the hell has happened to the poor child? Because like there was tan all over the baby grow, all over the like muslin oh She said she had avoided the baby's <laughs> face. But I thought, oh my God, yeah, I never really thought thought about that but also I don't know I haven't worn fake tan for a very very long time but in my mind fake tan like the overnight stuff it still smells kind of like sausage roll and so the idea of sleeping with a brand new baby and inflicting that smell on her I'm like that is oh fierce well now I will have to say Myla did rub off me the other day when I had put a nice good layer of tan on and she's white and it was just like this nice faded beige the next day I was like oh no but her look yeah cute listen they're in the thick of everything yeah um okay so the doggies we love them the thank you next Roz you know what it would probably be modeling abroad and why I say that is because obviously it kind of definitely started my disordered eating and diet culture and my psych my weight cycle but I think as well as that it you know it was a lot of people commenting on my weight, commenting on my aesthetics in a very negative way in the modeling industry. And it was a really, really tough time, especially because I was alone away from my family. I had left college. So 
you were young how old were you I was 19 at the time and well 19 20 sorry and I guess like you know I was jealous of all my friends being in college and actually having fun while they were probably thinking I was living the life traveling around and modeling where it was actually the opposite but I guess now I look back and I've come such a far away with my body and understanding what society teaches us is is a ideal figure or ideal you know characteristics of your body versus what's reality and I suppose Mm. I've also learned how to talk to people in a sense that if someone's putting you down they're just projecting their own shit and and also I think in a way you know the modeling industry can be very toxic with men so I definitely learned how to talk to men and I guess be very conscious of my surroundings and not being put into bad situations although it was really shit I've totally I don't think I would be who I was without it Mm-hmm. were you sensitive because I think you know that like disordered eating or, or eating disorders I think you know that there is a a sensitivity that and, and I remember I did it in my thesis in college around disordered eating and the impact of you know media consumption at the time and this would have been in the kind of size zero era mm. where everyone on the front cover was literally emaciated and it was you know ha, is there a, a, a direct correlation and impact obviously that's kind of amplified now with social because you can kind of get access to very unhealthy mm. um, accounts that celebrate that obviously there's a range of bodies that you can access on the flip side of that that wouldn't necessarily have been available on the front cover of a magazine back in the day but was there a sensitivity in you were you ever conscious of food as a tool growing up or was it literally that you got into modeling and it was very much a metric that you thought actually I need to fit into a certain shape and size and mold and that then kind of became your your crutch well I guess growing up yeah as a teenager like we had very much obviously traditional media not social media and yeah I grew up I think like most people in the culture in the 2000s where weight loss was good, weight gain was bad. And the Mm -hmm. ideal figure was like your Paris Hilton's, your Kate Moss's. So I was always very conscious growing up that I was a bit more like athletic build. And, you know, I was conscious that I wasn't a smaller version of me that might have been better. But I didn't let it affect my relationship with food. I very much like, ah, sure, whatever. Like I loved sports. I, I didn't, I suppose it didn't fester into me. It didn't yeah. change my day or my actions. But I, I definitely think that there was a seed already there that when I started the modeling industry and people were constantly commenting that I needed to be smaller, that I wasn't, you know, going to be successful unless I met, I met these certain measurements, that mm-hmm. it just wore, wore away with me more and more. And I think it was people doing this for a good year and a half, two years before it really just, I just felt so ashamed of my body that I was willing to do absolutely anything to be the smallest version of myself. So... While I don't think it was fully all the modeling industry, um, they definitely, I think, sped up the process. And it allowed me as well to have an eating disorder for a very long time because the modeling industry masked my eating habits and my weight loss yeah. because it was like, oh, she's a model, so she has to do that, you know? Um, yeah. And also, I think that environment was very hard to escape. Like, every time I'd want to get better and be like, I wish I could just be normal with food and enjoy food, I'd be on a job and someone would be like you've gone up a size we need a new size for Roz and I'd be like back to square one you know um so it definitely took like leaving modeling for me to actually recover and just remove myself from the environment 
Okay, it's interesting because like, I have a friend who's who was, he left this job, but he was a casting director over here. Very high fashion stuff. And he said he had to leave because he realised that he would be sitting on a tube looking at people without even registering that they were people. He would just be looking at the some of their parts basically and going, God, the ankles on that one. And that people had become... Objects. Objects. Completely dehumanised. And so a lot of the time... There's a kind of disconnect. I mean, much like maybe how people troll people on social media or people who are on telly are kind of at a distance. So they don't imagine that that person is sitting at home reading this shit. Similarly, I think there was an an idea that if you're a model, you're standing there. That's the gig. I'm talking about you. I'm picking you apart. You might be there, but actually models don't talk. So this is this is what you signed up for. But I mean, it's even the language, like so brutal to be stood in the middle and voiceless almost. That's kind of what you're encouraged by agencies. I think it's changed somewhat, but um, that you are there to not speak. Your input is not important. The body you present is all that we're looking for and interested in. And it's like very disempowering, actually. Yeah, and you know what? I think even more a better word than the object is your product and that's definitely what they yes. you're like a paycheck to them so like unless you're a perfect product they're not going to be happy with you um and like mm-hmm. it got to stage where I'd have like weekly measurements and if I did not make those weekly measurements or have any changes it was just like you were given out to and made feel so ashamed of your choices um which just led me yeah. into binge eating to be honest because I was just having this like sense of like a huge restriction and then after being measured I'd be like oh my god I can eat something and then huge restriction again okay, yeah. uh, which I think for anyone who's kind of had binge eating disorder there's a lot of guilt and shame around it and you don't want to talk about it because you feel like it's you don't have this willpower which everyone talks about um and there's just a, yeah. a sense of like a huge amount of failure um and then that just progressed onto like anorexia and at the time in my head I just thought it progressed onto like having this amazing willpower when actually it just progressed mm. into like my eating disorder having full control yeah and it's interesting because I do think there's so much thankfully so much space and and um and time given rightly so to uh, anxiety and and mental health generally but in Ireland right now there's three beds for eating disorder patients three beds in the country highest mortality rate of all psychological illnesses it's shocking to me and I don't know whether it's because it's a predominantly female illness or whether there's just a kind of lack of understanding around what an eating disorder is it's like oh yeah ah, yeah but sure we've all been on diets every now and again almost like people just can't quite get a handle and I think that's the case for people who live with you know whether it's siblings or family experiencing uh you know a loved one going through this there's kind of just a real lack of understanding in what to do what it is how to help yeah um and and not many people speaking about it yeah I I, well first of all I want to say that I definitely think it doesn't have a gender anymore in the past year there's definitely been a huge rise and there always has been in male eating disorders I guess they now with a lot of um male mental health disorders haven't really had the chance to be able to speak about it or I feel like women you know we we do have that kind of characteristic of being able to talk about things more um and over Mm -hmm. 2020 I I want to check the statistic, but I think it was around something like a 66% increase in disordered eating cases in Ireland. Wow. Um, please check that. But I, I, I'm pretty sure that was it that I read. It was 
I, I'm not the best person at actually like holding information <laughs> withholding information my no, head, nor am I and, it's fine and, and especially stats I, I do think it. that it's a case that diet culture has become so normalised in society and by someone going on a diet isn't necessarily bad and you know on social media it's very normalised and weight loss in society is still seen as a good thing weight yeah. gain is bad that perhaps that's why we're so slow at catching up of how badly the treatment is available in Ireland now thankfully there is fantastic mm. organizations that are, are ran by lots of volunteers in Ireland and that have some funding like Bodywise who offer actually a free program yeah. for family members to help support people going through eating disorders because I think that's one of the hardest things okay. as a family member you don't really know what to do or say so yeah. you know obviously I think the things like not commenting on their weight or their food and just being a support system but how do you actually like try help them to to change or make sure that they don't relapse mm-hmm. so they offer like a free program for people whether you're a boyfriend a yeah. girlfriend a family member cousin friend um and thankfully for those resources here in Ireland we'd be lost without them you know yeah yeah and I do think again it's that fixation on on food you know and we talk about it's an addiction it's a coping mechanism and not that alcoholism is in any way an easy thing to to fix, but there's a clear kind of demarcation between, you know, if you're an alcoholic, you need to you need mm. to give up booze. If you have an eating disorder, that's not an option. So you're faced with that hurdle with those choices multiple times a day, your social life, your social situations. And it's a, it's it's immensely difficult I think and actually people socially start to be slightly annoyed by your supposed willpower within a, a setting and how that's you know it reflects the yeah. you, you know you're sitting at a table and somebody's having a salad and you're like oh my god I'm a pig now because I'm having yeah. pizza and it's like that's it's it's so so complex. well I definitely think it's as well like growing up I, with our Irish background we're all very used to talking about food and um, we've all so that intergenerational yeah. thing where like our grandparents and parents feel like it's totally necessary to comment on someone's weight like it's like the first thing that they'll come out and say so it's kind of yeah. like we think I think we have like kind of like a, a historical thing where we need to kind of really gear back and understand that some people mm-hmm. can't have that conversation around food or weight all the time um and yeah. I, I just think it's like for anyone listening out there who they're worried about their friend you know just simple things like there's lots of other ways you can compliment them it doesn't have to be about their appearance and you know maybe not talking about food so it's it's a very difficult process but at the same time like there is help and it's expert help like going to receive expert help which I went to CBTE which is cognitive behavioral therapy enhanced like I said at the very start of this interview like it's been four and a half years and I've put it to the test and like I am a different person like I can't even explain to you like it's like when I had an eating disorder to now like I actually was a different person it's like something had control over my thoughts and actions that wasn't me and I always thought my eating disorder was me like it was kind of part of my identity and I almost I didn't want to let it go because I was like who am I if I let this go am I just going to let myself go but really yes. when I went and got help, I actually turned back into the person who I was as a teenager, like someone who actually just like loved a bit of crack, like really enjoyed food. Yeah. Like lo- like one of my biggest passions is like making food and like seeing the people like it, you know, and just like being able to train and not overthink it. So, you know, I can't vouch mm. enough for just going and get, getting help. And from someone who's been through it, it really does work. Yeah, it really does. I mean, I just think, and it comes up a lot on this podcast, therapy 
I mean, no oh, matter what, therapy for everybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Instead of school. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. But thank you again, Roz, and thank you for you know speaking so openly. Because, like I say, I do think there's a, a real dearth of people speaking openly about it and anything that can help with the education around that for both you know people suffering or or starting to kind of get on to that um mm. and and for family and members surrounding them is is so useful and so brilliant so thank you i know it's not easy okay the thanks that got away the thanks that got away i would have to say it was probably friends I lost along the way and that was predominantly through my disordered eating. Um, I was so consumed with being a smaller version of myself and so consumed with, you know, not getting out of my routine. So a big thing of having eating disorder is like I never wanted to change my routine. So like had to wake up early, go to the gym. Like I had my day planned out, like everything had to be in control. That like, I guess I missed out on a lot of friends occasions at nighttime. I missed out on a lot of holidays and, you know, I definitely drifted apart from a lot of friend groups. And I guess that's the kind of thing I would look back and, and feel really, I suppose, a little bit heartbroken for because it took a lot away from me. And I guess like a lot of people I think will understand this when you're going through an eating disorder there's a lot that you detach from that's really important and I guess friendships was one for me yeah and that detachment I suppose there's so much secrecy isn't there around Mm. it because it's you know like you said it's such a part of your identity and so you're protecting this kind of monster that's that's driving you I guess and actually instead of looking at that you're looking at all of these monsters around you who are trying to stop you from doing doing the thing that makes you feel safe or Mm -hmm. makes you feel in control have you ever kind of gone back to any of those friends or have they kind of come back since you've turned things around or does it just feel like you know time time has passed yeah I guess in a way it's one of those things where I'm like time has kind of passed and at the same time you know I always have to remember that like I'm like oh I never kept in contact with them but I'm like they didn't really keep in contact with me either so like you know and I always always try to remember like whether I'm going through a breakup or a friendship breakup that like sometimes people come into your life and leave your life to prepare you for the next people so I think it's like definitely made me really conscious now of friends to like really be supportive and there for them and you know check in on them quite a lot and even with relationships to like I suppose have a lot of time for the person and like the importance of appreciating a good person um so yeah I guess it's one of those things where it's like you know I'm like one of those people though I could see like my worst enemy from school and I'd run into them like what's the story like do you know what I mean like 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 we're best mates so it's funny because whenever I'm hiking or I'm away somewhere someone might stop me and I'll be having a chat and my boyfriend's like who's that I'm like oh I don't know and they're like you were talking to them like they were your best friend and I'm like but that's how I talk to everyone you know yeah yeah but that's lovely and it's why people connect but it is interesting I think that idea of people coming in and out of your life and sometimes it's really hard I think to kind of let let go of those but exactly that they prepare you and I would have often kind of if like friendships had not not dissolved but you've just kind of drifted drifted, I suppose Yeah, and I think it can be really easy to go, oh my God, oh, I didn't call them an offer. I was yeah. busy. And actually there are, I always think the phone goes and works in both directions, you know? Yeah. And it can't all be your responsibility, I guess. And that, yeah, exactly that. People people move on and things 
things change. Yeah. Um, appreciation you mentioned of, of the people close to you. Is that something that you actively kind of practice yeah I definitely would you know I guess it's not one of those things where I sit down before bed and I'm like I'm thankful for x y and z it's usually when I'm having a moment where I'm just like you just you're gonna just cry because there's too much going on you feel a bit overwhelmed that's when I'll be like I have my dogs Zach is always there my family are at home and that's kind of when I'll just use it to almost ground myself I'm not someone who practices it maybe every single day or writes it down but it's in times of need I use it to ground myself definitely yeah you shift back and like apart from exercise which is obviously a massive part of your life and you said very therapeutic are there other you know tools that you have are there things that you go to that you think actually if a couple of weeks have passed by and I've shifted away from that I'll I'll feel it well something I do pretty much every single day is like listen I'll be baking something like I'll be baking a cake I'll be baking cookies like I you'll always see me in the kitchen baking something and it's 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 kind of twofold I think it's like working with your hands it's kind of I suppose creative and that like I'll just be like MacGyver like throwing a few things together but there's also yeah. a reward of like tasting it and seeing other people taste it and them getting enjoyment out of it as well mm, so yeah. I guess for me that's kind of a twofold um yeah so yeah definitely baking I don't think kind of working with my hands you know like I love upcycling clothes as well so oh, like yeah, I have a I sewing machine that. so yeah yeah like anything kind of creative like I'm definitely a little bit of creative person which yeah. then on the downside I lack organization and tidiness Okay. Oh my God. It's all about, don't can't be good at start. everything. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what? I recently paid money for an amazing I saw woman. that. Oh, and I Roz. was like jealous. Game yeah. changer. Like my natural mode is hideously messy. And then I thought, you know what? You can't be good at everything. No. And so I thought, no. it's not just about me finding a day to sort this out. This is a skill. Marie Kondo. Like it's, it's yeah. a gift. So I thought, you know what? I'm st- going to stop beating myself up about my little pit of shame. Um, and I'm going to get somebody to help me with it. It was an absolute game changer. Honestly, the headspace I got, but also the kind of, oh, I could let somebody in to that like den and she she's gonna come back <laughs> yeah no but this is the thing I think you know what out there on social media it's always this whole narrative that like if you're a successful person you're organized you make your bed when you get up in the morning you're super productive and you know you have this like you know you have the set plan and like you can't work in a mess and I'm like excuse me <laughs> I am and I am a tornado yeah. like you know my boyfriend is the opposite like he is just you know super clean everything has a place okay and he I have broken him I have broken okay. him now, has he given now, up or yeah he has actually okay. it's actually quite sad he has given up okay. I think I think so in a good way I've almost pulled him back from being extreme to just kind of like there's a there's like a passable rate now okay great but, yeah. he was a bit anal before yeah yeah and now you know what it's definitely made me a little bit tidier as well okay. um but I think it's you know we come from a background of like we're in and out of the house we'll go to film something then we'll be at home working then we'll be going to another job it's just bags of random stuff that just coming gets into places. the house totally yeah. totally but yeah I would highly recommend somebody coming in and and organizing things it's yeah divine gift that. What is the present you're most grateful for? So this is an actual item. This is going to sound really bad, but I don't have a lot of respect for items because yeah. you're the same, yeah. So like if someone gifts me something that's an item, I guess I really love experiences. And for my 
so can this be like it was a gift but it was an experience go for it Ros there's no rules there's no Um, rules so my boyfriend for my 27th birthday brought me to the Dolomites hiking for my birthday and it was probably the best holiday I've ever had it was a week and we stayed um we traveled all around the hiking spots in northern Italy and it was probably one of the best experiences because I look back and I'm like that was a really amazing memories and You know, like this year, because we couldn't go anywhere, he got me an Apple Watch and I haven't used it because mm. I just don't like things. I don't like, you know, the ba- most basic thing I'm going to carry around is a phone. Anything yeah. else just goes by the wayside. So I guess I'm not someone, if you're ever going to give me something, hint, hint, anyone out there. Don't. Make it, a, make it <laughs> an experience. Or you know what? I love when people, some of the best gifts, and I, I know people are going to be like, oh my God, you, you sound so whatever. But like, if someone's like, look, I donated something to a dog charity on your behalf. I'm like, oh, love, like that makes yes. me feel good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. I am very lucky that like if I want something, I'll get it myself. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess it's one of those things that experiences I probably wouldn't get myself too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think, again, that thing, if you want something, you can get it yourself. You have built quite an empire the business brain is amazing along with that kind of creativity I mean between natural born feeder and hike life and there feels like there's been multiples along the way um what was that always there you know what it's one of those things where I guess when I decided to stop modeling I was really worried because that was my main source of income and thankfully I had kind of been starting a food blog and Mm -hmm that kind of grew legs and I have three cookbooks and obviously my love of hiking which I shared on social media naturally became like this free hiking community which has now turned into also hiking gear which is which was actually I started selling the hiking gear as a cost covering project for the hikes for insurance and guides but now have kind of grown legs of itself that it's actually a clothing line brand so and I remember you know growing up people not growing up even now people tell you concentrate on one thing and be really good at it Mm mm-hmm and I actually think that's a really negative message to send to people because I think a lot of creative people can have their finger in lots of different pies and be successful in it. And some yeah. of the most successful people out there have lots of different revenue strands coming in. And it's not just from one business. It's actually mm-hmm. from a few. So it got to a stage, I think, where three years ago, I was like, I'm going to stop trying to pick that one thing and do them all. Yeah. Or, you know, like the the two or three that I really, really want to do because... I'm actually just suppressing something that's creative inside me and that could actually work out. So I always think like those messages on social media about like what makes an entrepreneur, what makes a successful person who's productive is so bullshit. Yeah. Because everyone is different. It's sticking your, like sticking your box really. You know what? It's taking a risk. Yeah. And I am, one thing I would always say is like, I love risk. Whether it's like rock climbing off the side of a cliff or someone's like, you have to put all your money into this investment. Do you think it's going to work? I'm like, like if I was on, if I was on the chase or I was on the, the queue or any of those, you'd you're be like, in. no, 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 stop while you're ahead of I was like, sure, we may as well. I came in with nothing. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. I love risk. I am okay. a risk taker. And you know what I say? I always have the saying, whether you say you can do it or not, you're right either way. Yeah. So whatever, even when shit's hit the fan and I'm like, oh my God, I've lost money on this. I'm like, I'm going to stick it out. Yeah. And what, so, cause it's yeah. quite a fearless kind of like there it doesn't feel like there's a fear of failure or is it just that you don't think of failure? I've already failed loads of times and yes, nothing so happens. It. You don't die. You grow. I'm sorry, but you fail and 
everyone is still moving on with their life. No one cares. <laughs> I guess it, there's some people out there are probably like delighted. Ha ha. It didn't work out. But like, what did you learn from that? I actually think the best learning lessons I've ever had in my life were through failure. Oh, like, nice. you know what I mean? So like, yeah. I think you're actually better to have loads of failures in your 20s. And then in your 30s, you might have a good success. Yeah. I love that. And I do think that's absolutely true. Multiple, multiple streams, the, like the side hustle or multiples, if you're that Listen, way inclined. You talk, you talk to someone who's a young entrepreneur, I'm guarantee you a lot of them have lots of side hustles and people might just know them for one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no pensionable jobs anymore, is there? <laughs> no, there's absolutely not. And look, if you're in Ireland and you want to buy a house, you need to be creative oh my because God. it is hard. I mean, yeah. it is hard. Okay, before I let you go, yeah. the hashtag blessed moment. Blessed moment. Hashtag blessed moment. I feel like Kardashians definitely overuse that. Um, yeah. So it is with a wink. It is with a wink. You know what was really, and I'm going to go way back here. It was probably when, and this is so random because I'm, you'd never imagine I did a pageant now because I'm so like anti-patriarchal, like whatever society's meant to think of women's bodies. But when I did Miss Universe, I always think the mad thing about that was, I remember when I was 13 watching Miss World and watching Miss Ireland win at the time and manifesting that I was going to be Miss Ireland one day. And now look, I wasn't any like your typical like good looking girl in school like and I even don't I don't I mean I can't re- I don't know how then this happened no 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 like I when I say like I don't even rate myself now like, I'm just good at I've got some makeup skills you know what I mean Shut and up. I've got a good personality that's all that matters right yeah sure um, sure but, you're trading on that like I remember and like I didn't even know what manifesting was at the time but I remember being like I am going to be Miss Ireland one day which is such a random thing to think and I never told anyone because obviously if someone's like what are you going to fill out your CAO Miss Ireland <laughs> like do you know and then I remember winning it and going to Miss Universe and being like holy shit this is I so weird because when I was younger I watched it on TV and I was like I want to do that someday so like I always think it's a really random thing to say but I, I think back to that moment and it always reminds me to focus on what you want and imagine what you want mm. as much as possible because yeah. look people out there who may not believe manifesting that's cool whatever but like I think if you're always thinking of what you want to be your choices naturally will guide you towards that anyway I love that so are you a vision boarder yeah no I wouldn't have one like hanging up my wall where people could see it but I definitely have yeah. one in kind of like my Pinterest board and like now a lot of my visions I suppose wouldn't be necessarily as I said objects it wouldn't be things like this certain type of house now I do have a Pinterest of this really cool cabin that I want to build like so I'm going to be living isolated nice. somewhere random do you know what I mean um and <laughs> with when, the dog <laughs> when that happens now I'll do a side by side like that's exactly what I wanted but I guess mine would just be that like I guess I'm very driven by challenging myself so it's not even like I'm driven by like I want to make x amount of money I want to do this I want to just push myself to what I think I could be like and I you know that's in business wise for me it's probably in that realm of things and I guess my dream would be to be like able to like look after my family as well like you know sort my dad out with a new car like it's I honestly he's a Frankenstein of cars I'm like dad that (laughs) like he'll be like like he's the nicest man ever like he'll be like oh I'll drive you down you've a broken foot I'm like you're not going anywhere in that tin can like I'd be fear of God, <laughs> and I'm not getting in it. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so like you know, being able to do stuff like that, like that's what's important yeah. to me. You know. Yeah. And so, what's next? What's next is I yeah. am dead on focused on 
just like making the hike life gear obviously the best you know it's great by the way it's one of those things where it's like you know i do think if you're kind of a well-known person you start any brand there's no grace period so you know if you make a mistake it's gonna be magnified it's gonna be but i do think you learn quicker so i'm really excited about the next drop because i just think it's gonna be great and like the plans like i've obviously already sampled and made plans for winter and i just think you know what i'm just so excited about that it's like the excitement of being able to think something and then getting it made mm. and like trying different Manifest materials like it. a lot of our materials are like recycled materials and, and kind of bringing that whole element so it's it's so different I suppose to what I've done before like you know with food I can think of a recipe and make it and hope it turns out but this is I suppose yeah. on a, a, a much larger scale but I do think you know this year in Ireland like I just want to I literally want to hike every single mountain in Ireland and England and just explore and you know even though we've had a year in lockdown and I suppose a lot of people be like oh I had a year off I actually had probably one of my biggest years on because my job's on social media and there was more people on social media than ever that I felt like I'd never got a time off my phone so I really feel Mm -hmm. like this year is my year where I can actually just refocus and take a little bit of time to like reset yeah well, I have to say, it's been an absolute pleasure. Obviously, our paths crossed back in the day oh when I was God. styling, when you so were modeling. You know, yeah. and it's just been so honestly, and I sound like a nana and I'm not that old, but I, it's been so, so lovely to see you flourish and grow and like own everything that you do. And it's, it's massively inspiring. No, no, in the UK, mean, like, you know what I mean? I feel like every Irish person is like, what's your dream? It's like, Angela Scanlon, you know, like, <laughs> Shut so yeah, we both like, for anyone out there who's like, what yeah. the hell? Like we, we've known each other like, well, almost donkeys, like eight, nine years we would have done. Oh, I'd say like, it must be more. It's, a long time ago and it does take a long time yeah yeah well well done keep doing what you're doing absolutely love it and enjoy your time in the wilds of Tipperary thank you very much thank you so much to Roz you can find her on Instagram at Rosanna that's with a Z or O-Z-A-N-N-A Purcell where you'll find links to the hike life and as ever if this has sparked some ideas about what you're thankful for I'd love to hear all about them so please do drop me a line using the hashtag thanks a million trio you can send them to me at Angela Scanlon as well via Instagram and Twitter if you've been affected by any of the issues raised during this episode remember there is always someone to talk to or to text the Samaritans can be reached on 116123 and check the show notes for details outside the UK and Ireland we'll be releasing new episodes every single week so please do subscribe and if you're loving the show write us a review they really are important and it makes me feel quite needy asking you to do them but they are something that make a difference so I would be very grateful if you could do one of those do go back and check out some of our brilliant guests on the series so far what a cracker Joe Brand Alex Jones Alicia Dixon and Joel Domit and you can also hear our latest thanks that got away mini pods finally thank you to my producer Louise Mason and to all of you for listening thanks a million